I know who I am in Christ. I know he has given so much to me, and he has assured me of many things. I am washed, sanctified, and justified. I have power, love, and self-discipline, and I am assured that I am guarded by God. Being in Christ also gives me purpose for living. John 15, 16-17 identifies my purpose of bearing the fruit of his love. It says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This I command you, that you love one another. Growing up in church all my life, I have heard and sung the song, They Will Know We Are Christians By Our Love, more times than I can remember. So, unlike some of our other purposes we have discussed in this project, the purpose of loving others is one that I have long been familiar with. I'm sure you have too. Most of us know that Christians are supposed to be identified by love. We understand that God is love, and if I am in Him and He is in me, then I ought to be sharing His light, His love as I live my life. That just makes simple Christian sense, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And yet, there is nothing simple about it. In fact, the Bible says that the love of God is so high, so wide, so deep, and so full that we can't even fathom it with our minds. It tells us this in Ephesians 3. So that's hardly simple. This week, our verses are found in John 15. This chapter is all about abiding in Christ so that we can bear fruit in his name. And interestingly enough, the only fruit discussed is love. Again, God is love. So again, it makes sense that Christians ought to be known by his love expressed in their lives in divine ways. As we have already said, I think we all know that. But doing it? is another thing. Bearing the fruit of divine love is not simple. It is hard. In fact, I would say it is divinely difficult. In other words, impossible. In and of ourselves, that is. See, in our culture, we are so misled in our thinking of the nature of love. Just even even hearing the word love brings about a connotation of warm, fuzzy feelings. And yet, divine love is not about feelings. It's about sacrificial action. Most of us don't have a hard time expressing love that is rooted in warm and fuzzy feelings. We love loving like that, no pun intended. But the love that Christ calls us to is a sacrificial love because that is the way that he loves. As Ephesians 3 talks about, we can't even really wrap our minds around this kind of love. When we really carry it out in our thinking and see how all of humanity has responded to God, we're baffled at how God can love in the face of such hurt and pain and rejection. How he can love in the face of such disinterest, disregard, and dishonor. How he can love in the face of such sin. And yet, he does. His very nature of love overrides any of it and looks us right in the face and just loves us amazing. And as we are identified in him, John 15 makes it clear that he calls us to love in the same way. Now, I don't know about you, but when I experience hurt and pain and rejection, I don't want to love back. When I experience disinterest, disregard, and dishonor, I don't have any inclination in and of myself to love in return. I look at these offenses and more, and in and of myself, I tend to pull away. 
and retaliate likewise, or worse, certainly not love. The good news of John 15 is that Jesus knows this. He is so aware of our humanity and our inability to love as God loves because he lived life here on earth, fully man and fully God at the same time. He knows how difficult it is. He was certainly offended many times. We read about his experiences all over scripture. And so we know that he is familiar with the same temptations we feel when offenses in relationships take place. The temptations to stew in our offenses and pride and bitterness. But because he was fully God and therefore completely connected to the Father, he loved. He loved sacrificially. He loved with divine love. And that is the good news of John 15. Because in this chapter, he calls us to be connected to him so that we can also have this divine power to love and thus fulfill our purpose of bearing the fruit of love in his name. See, John 15 is about two things. It's about abiding in Christ. Jesus uses the analogy of being connected to him as a branch is connected to a vine. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's in verse 5. And John 15 is about bearing the fruit of love. Part of our verse says, this I command you, that you love one another. Hold those thoughts and also think about this with me. As Christians, our purpose to bear the fruit of love affects every interaction we have with people. It affects loving the people we know and also loving the people we don't know. Some may struggle in both of those areas or some may struggle in just one. What do I mean by that? Well, some may really struggle to love as they interact with the people they know their spouse or children or family or friends or co-workers. Sure, they can love and bless as long as those people are loving towards them. But in the face of offense, bearing the fruit of love is a real struggle. And others may love the people they have close interaction with, but have no love for those they don't know. The hurt and broken, the homeless and poor, the needy, the offensive clerk at the store, or the insurance rep on the phone line. I mean, on and on. We can go. We have so many interactions with people that we don't know. The truth is that by his very example, God calls us to love like he loves. All people, all times, all situations. Difficult? Absolutely. Actually, it is impossible to fulfill this part of our purpose except for the good news of John 15, which reveals where our power to love comes from. The power to love with divine love is only possible when we are connected to the vine, Jesus. When Jesus was on the earth, he used stories and images and pictures to convey truth. Such teaching helps us to grab hold of his life-giving words. Well, in the same way, I know that many of us, as we memorize this week, we're struggling in one way or another to live this life of divine love toward all people. It may be loving someone we know or someone we don't. All of it can be a struggle. I read something this morning, a modern day story written by Katie Croft that I think will convey this truth of being connected to the vine very well perhaps in a way that we can relate to. So let me take a minute to read it to you. Katie writes, Each day, I kickstart my day with a hot cup of coffee. 
My roommate makes a fresh pot first thing and we stumble around the house in silence, cups in hand and smiles on our faces as the caffeine begins to do its work. However, last week, both of us noticed a need for an extra cup or two to get us out of the door. We felt sluggish, headaches plagued us, and work felt consuming. Simple things took extra energy. Baffled, we blamed the change on seasonal allergies, a crazy week at work, and a need for vacation. Then, one evening, my roommate took a closer look at the fresh bag of coffee in our cabinet. The explanation to our problem was spelled out in tiny letters on that bag. Decaf. We laughed about the mix-up, but the next morning we headed out the door with an extra spring in our step and a fresh outlook on the day. Thank you, caffeine. Well, Katie goes on to write, There are many days when I live on spiritual decaf not relying on the changing power of the Holy Spirit's work in my life, but trying to do spiritual things to get me through that day. Too often I walk through my week mustering up the extra effort to be Christian, trying hard to obey all the rules, yet missing the oomph that only God's Spirit can bring as I surrender to Him. I ignore the signs of self-reliance, and I am surprised as life, ministry, and relationships become more complicated. So I problem solve. I explain my self-dependence away with excuses. Maybe if I work through lunch, I'll get caught up. If I just give that person space for a while, the tension between us will blow over. But spiritual power is not available apart from God's Spirit. Eventually, I break, realizing that I cannot live the Christian life on my own. I must be filled with the power that only God's Spirit can bring. Why do I settle for a substitute when the real power comes only from the original? I need him every day and in every situation, even from the short walk from my bedroom to the kitchen where my morning cup of regular Joe awaits me. And I would add, if we need him to walk from our bedroom to our coffee pot in the morning, and we do, then how much more do we need him to fulfill our purpose of loving as he loves? Loving with divine love takes power, way more than we have on our own. If we try to love with divine love on our own, eventually we will break. We will realize we cannot do it. We must be connected to the vine. Jesus doesn't give us this purpose of loving with divine love without his power. No matter how difficult, we can love in divine ways. When we are connected to the divine lover of our souls, Jesus himself. So who are you and what are you doing here? You are a divinely loved child of God and he calls you to love in the same way through his power. How is that for a life of purpose?